down through verse number 26. Verse 20 says, The Lord rewardeth me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands hath he recompensed me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his judgments were before me, and I did not part or put away his statutes from me. I was also upright before him, and I kept myself from my iniquity. Uh, therefore hath the Lord recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his eyesight. Notice verse 25 and 26. With the merciful thou wilt show thyself merciful. With an upright man thou wilt show thyself upright. With the pure thou wilt show thyself pure, and with the forward thou wilt show thyself forward. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, tonight we thank you once again for the truth that we find in thy word. And Lord, I pray tonight that the uh, foundational principles that we have here of how we walk with you and talk with you, how we live our life, uh, will be reflected in how you deal with us. So, Father, tonight I pray you'd bless, open our hearts to thy word, and we'll thank you now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Folk today have interesting ideas about the Lord. Some think that, that God is a God of love who tolerates any and all sin and and they can live however they want to and how perverse they want to be. Uh, others look at God as only being a God of judgment and uh, one who sits in heaven with a club and loves to make people's lives miserable. That's how some people think about God. Uh, sometimes it's because they had a father who uh, didn't, didn't treat them right, so they had that mindset. Still others look at the situations of life, uh, defects and tragedies, and they question the nature of God. How could a loving God allow such difficult things to happen to mankind? But many of these individuals spend very little time searching the Scripture to really get to know the God of the Bible, the God of the Bible. They develop ideas about God based upon their own experience rather than the truth of God's Word. For example, uh, Sometimes people get disappointed when God doesn't respond the way that they want them to respond, so they turn away from God, and they share that attitude with other people. Uh, have you ever met folk like that? Boy, God didn't answer when they asked him to pray, or to answer a prayer, and he didn't answer it their way. So you know what? We're turned off toward God, and we're going to tell everybody around that's exactly what we think about God. Uh, they don't try to understand the how or the why God does what he does. Uh, to a lost Man, spiritual things, the Bible says, is foolishness. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2, 14, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. A lost person doesn't understand why God does what he does. So God often deals with us, though, uh, the same way we treat others. In our text tonight, we have this question, how do we want the Lord to deal with us? You say, well, pastor, it's easy. I want the Lord to deal with me lovingly, kindly, and whatever I ask him, I want him to give me. That's what I want from my God. Well, let me just tell you something. As we read in this portion of scripture tonight, how you treat other people is how God 
is going to treat you. So I pray tonight that we would stop and ask ourselves, how do I treat others? Let's look at this as we look at this portion of Scripture. Notice in verse number 25, the first point this, with the merciful thou wilt show thyself merciful. We see that in verse number 25, the very first part. With the merciful thou wilt show thyself merciful. This was written by uh, King David, who's a sweet psalmist of Israel. It is incur it's an encouraging psalm. Uh, how God had dealt with David in his life in times of David's trials. God was merciful. And the Lord interceded for him. The Lord had delivered David and, from his enemies in, in the verses 17 through 19 of the same chapter. In verse 20, David begins to speak that the Lord rewarded him for living a godly life. You know what? God's going to reward you for your life, whether it be good or bad. David is thanking the Lord for rewarding him for his godly living. As we come down to verse 25, David begins that interesting thought, how that God deals with man. He starts with the merciful, with the merciful thou wilt show thyself merciful. The word merciful, the root word here, means faithful, kind, godly. With the godly, the kind person, the person who teaches others with kindness and godliness, God says he will treat you the same way. Um, consider, if you would, some examples in the scriptures. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 24 and verse number 14, dealing with the servant of Abraham looking for a wife for Isaac. Now, this is not you, Isaac. But there's the, the, uh, the servant, Abraham had sent his servant to go and find a, find a wife for his son. Genesis chapter 24 and verse number 14. Remember, uh, here the servant goes and, and uh, that would be quite a, quite a responsibility. Now go find, uh, you know, you have a servant and say, now go find a good wife for my, uh, my son. Well, you want one that's pretty? Uh, you want one that looks like a mud fence? Well, wait a minute, you know what? That might, if it looks like a mud fence, it, I, I might lose my job. Uh, so, you know, I want one that's going to be godly, one that's going to be compassionate, one that's going to be merciful. Here, Genesis chapter 24, and verse number 14, look what it says. The servant is, is uh, praying. We're going to go back to verse 12. It says, and he said, O Lord God of, of my master Abraham, I pray thee, send me good speed this day, and show kindness unto, unto my master Abraham. Behold, I will stand here by the well of water, and, and the daughters of men of the city come out to draw, the, to draw water, and let it come to pass that the damsel to whom uh, I shall say, let down thy pitcher, I pray thee, that I may drink, and she shall say, drink, and I will give thy camels drink also. Let the same be that that thou hast appointed for my servant Isaac. And thereby shall I know that thou hast showed, what? Kindness unto my master. This is the idea. He says, Lord... Uh, my master, Abraham, had been kind. You see, as you look at the life of Abraham, Abraham was a very kind person. He was a very understanding person. And here, because he was kind, he was, the servant was asking God to be kind to him, to the servant as he's looking for this son, the kindness. Consider Joseph, who, uh, who declares to the butler and the baker while he was in prison, uh, 
to speak and show, the, uh, show that his kindness toward them. In uh, Genesis chapter 40, go over there to Genesis chapter 40 and verse 14. Remember, Joseph was lied about, and he was put into prison. And there, while he was in prison, uh, he, was made, he was made in charge over all the prisoners. And there we find the, uh, the, two, the butler and the baker were there, and he, they were, had a dream, and it, uh, because he had offended the king, they were there in prison, and he told them the dream. And then he come down to verse, or chapter 40 in verse 14, and look what we find here in this portion of Scripture. And it says, uh, he's talked here uh, in the, about the interpretation. He says, but think on me when it shall be well with thee, and show kindness, I pray thee, unto me, and make mention uh, unto me, unto Pharaoh, and bring me out of this house. Well, what was, what was uh, Joseph trying to do to the, the butler and the baker? Because they were in prison, and he was telling them, hey, guys, uh, uh, you know what? Uh, the, to the butler, he says, you're going you're gonna to be raised back up. He was trying to encourage them. He was trying to show kindness. You know how you treat people? God says, let me just tell you, that's how I'm going to treat you. If you're mean and nasty to people, can I tell you something? That's what God's going to give back to you. But if you're kind, God will be kind to you. How many want God to be kind to them? I tell you, what, I don't want to be. I don't want to be on the rough side of you know, uh, rough side of the Lord. But God says, let me just tell you, how you treat people when you're kind to them, I will be kind to you. While Lincoln was a poor lawyer in in Springfield. He was going to his office one morning. He saw a little girl crying at the door of one of the houses. And Lincoln stopped to see what was the matter. She sobbed and told her story to him. And she says she was going to go visit one of her little friends in, in another town. Uh, it was, it was uh, to be her first ride on the train. But the expressman had, had come and had, uh, had not uh, picked up her trunk. And so here's the trunk, and she's going to be on the train, and she couldn't get, you know, he was supposed to put it on, and didn't put it on, and, and so Abraham Lincoln, he lifted the trunk on his, on his, uh, onto his shoulders and started off calling the little girl, come on, come along, come on. Uh, you know, they caught the train. Praise the Lord. You know, because Abraham Lincoln had those long legs. She would have been running. Uh, but, but you know, wonder, that little girl never forgot Abraham Lincoln. Why? Because he showed kindness to her. God says to the merciful, he will show mercy. We need the mercy of God. We need the pity of God. We need the help of the Lord. Notice second of all in verse 25, he says this. He says, and, and uh, with an upright man, thou wilt show thyself upright. With the upright man, the complete, that word upright means complete, entire, having integrity. What is completely or entirely in, in accord with the truth. With a person who's truthful, a person of integrity, God will deal with that person on the same basis. You know, we have lost integrity in America. It used to be that we are taught truthfulness. We're taught the importance of our word being our bond. To uh, work with people and tell them the truth and give them an honest day's wage. 
One of the things that I'm hearing, I was down at, at uh, Super One, and they were saying, you know, they had to close down the, they had to close down the deli yesterday afternoon, uh, early because they like two o'clock or so in the afternoon because they had the, the people that were supposed to work didn't show up. They said people they, they'll get a job, they'll come and they want a job. They work for a couple of days, they want them to work, and then pretty soon they say, you know what, I'm done. It used to be a time when people wanted to work so they could pay their bills. In fact, that's what the managers were saying. They, you know, I like to eat. So in order to eat, you've got to work. And if you're going to work, you've got to work hard. And so this idea, that deals with this idea of integrity. This used to be taught in schools. It used to be taught in the homes. It's not taught there now. But can I tell you something? As Christians, we need to get back to teaching it in the schools and teaching it in church and teaching it wherever we may be. Integrity is still important. And God says here to the upright, he will deal with them in the same way. So how does God deal with the upright? Let's look at a few verses, how God deals with that person who's upright. Look with me, if you would, in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 7. That upright person. How does God deal with an upright person? Well, he has fellowship with him. 1 John chapter 1, verse number 5. An upright person, a person of integrity, a person who's godly, a person who walks in truth. 1 John chapter 1, verse, uh, verse number 5. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. The upright person, guess what? We have fellowship with God. We have a communion with God. Not only do we have fellowship with God, but we also have fullness of joy. Psalm 16, verse 11, Thou wilt show me the path of life in thy presence is fullness of joy. If we're walking in fellowship, we're walking with the Lord in an upright way, may I share with you, we have joy. Some people say, well, Pastor, I just don't have any joy in my life. Well, my question would be, it would be simple. Are you walking in the presence of the Lord? Are you there in the presence? Well, Pastor, I just don't know whether I'm in the presence of the Lord or not. Well, you'll know because if you're walking in the presence of the Lord, you're seeking his face, you're calling out to him, and you're spending time with God, he will give you his joy. How do you know? Because the Bible tells us that. You say, well, it's just not happening with me. Then you need to spend more time in the presence of the Lord. Look at John chapter 16 and verse number 33. Here's another way that God works with the upright. John chapter 16, verse number 33. John 16 and verse number 33. John 16, verse number 33. Jesus is speaking, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. What do we have? A, a person who has integrity. Oh, God gives us what? Peace. You want peace? Walk with God. Psalm 37, 37, it says, Mark the perfect man and behold the upright, for the end of that man is peace. I wonder today, especially when we're talking about an upright person, they kind of stand out, don't they? Amidst all of the, 
the, the evil that's going on. An upright person, uh, you just kind of stand as a beacon there. But God says, let me just tell you something. There's peace. Have you ever found that when, you're, when you uh, don't tell lies, you don't have to wonder if you're, you know, what did I say over there? So I make sure that I say exactly the same thing again to make sure... You know, we usually what happens, you have to tell a lie to cover the first lie and the second lie, and you just keep telling lies, and you, then you don't remember what lie you told. But when you tell the truth every time, there's peace. There's peace. Not only that, uh, God deals with the upright this way. He gives power to be an overcomer. Look at 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4. He gives you power to be an overcomer. Overcome of... You overcome the world, you overcome uh, sin. First John chapter 5 and verse number 4, he says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. The power to overcome temptations of the world, it comes because we are walking in righteousness. We're walking as an upright person in integrity of our life. Doing that which is completely in accord with the truth. Some people say, well, Pastor, I don't have any victory over sin in my life. Well, question would ask, are we walking in truth? Because, see, that's this idea with the upright. I'm walking in what God's Word says. The only way you can walk in what the Word of God says is to know what the Word of God says. Some people don't want to open up the Word of God because as long as I don't know what the Word of God says, ignorance is bliss. Can I tell you something? You ought to read the Old Testament because the Old, the Old Testament talks about if you, if you committed a sin, though you may not know it, you are still guilty of it, even though you didn't know it. And when you do know it, then you're supposed to confess it because it's been brought to your attention. But you're still responsible for sin. God wants us to walk in righteousness. Not only, he, he strengthens the upright. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 29, the way of the Lord is strength to the upright, but destruction shall be to the workers of iniquity. To the person who's upright, who lives for God, God says, I just want you to understand, I'll strengthen and uphold you. So if I'm not walking uprightly, and we just, our strength is going down, and say, well, Lord, you know what, I'm just going to keep walking this way. God says, well, you know what, you just keep walking that way, and you're not going to have my strength. But God has promised he's going to uphold those who walk uprightly, those who are uh, looking to be upright with him. And he causes us to flourish as well. Proverbs 14, 12, The house of the wicked shall be overthrown, but the tabernacle of the upright shall flourish. We talked about last week about the... the uh, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. God says, I just want you to know, if you walk uprightly before others, now sometimes, guess what? You walk by yourself in the midst of a dark world, but you can still walk uprightly because there is a God who walks with you. And he will give you strength and cause you to flourish. So how does God deal with those who are not upright? Well, look at 1 John. Go back to 1 John there, chapter 1 and verse number 6. 1 John 1, verse number 6. 
If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. I submit to you tonight, those that do not walk uprightly have no fellowship with God. Well, pastor, I know Jesus. Really? Well, are you walking uprightly? Well, I know Jesus. Well, I didn't, I'm asking you, are you walking uprightly? Well, I know Jesus. You know, that's usually what happens. They just keep emphasizing the point over and over again. They don't answer the question. They just want you to know, I know Jesus. In other words, I know his name. But there's a difference between knowing his name and walking with Jesus. Walking with Jesus. And walking, because Jesus walks uprightly. He always does. Uh, he, he doesn't sin. God who cannot lie. He always walks uprightly. There's no fellowship. No matter what you may say, if you're walking contrary to the Lord Jesus Christ and you're not walking uprightly, you have no fellowship with God. Um, notice something else. Go to Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 15. An interesting little thought for us here tonight. If I'm not walking uprightly, as a person, I'll have a dry and barren life. Proverbs 13, verse 15. Proverbs 13, verse 15. It says here in Proverbs 13, 15, Good understanding giveth favor, but the way of the transgressor is hard. That word hard, according to Barnes' uh, notes, it, it's, it states this, The primary meaning of this original word is permanence. This may be applied as here to the dr hard, dry rock, to running streams, or to stagnant pools. In either case, the idea is, uh, is that of a barren, dry soil or the Im impassable marsh, in contrast with the fountains of life carrying joy and refreshment. The person who's not walking upright, the way of a transgressor is hard. They're going to have the dry and barren life. You know, when I hear of Christians who are, who, who people who call themselves Christians and they're walking in the way of the world and they're loving the world and they're, you know, on, they're living in drugs and they're living immorally and they say, well, you know what, I really love God. And God says, let me just tell you something. If we love him, if we know him, we will cleanse our life. We'll bring our sins to the Lord, get them right, and walk a different way. And many times what happens is this, they complain about the fact that life is so hard for them. Well, God says that the way of a transgressor, the person who breaks the laws of God, they're going to have a dry and barren life. So how do, how do they get, how can it change around? Repent, confess your sin, walk a different way. This over here is not going to produce righteousness. It's going to produce evil. Over here, walking and following Jesus is going to produce life and joy. The people that uh, do not walk uprightly, the Bible says that they shall be punished. Look at Proverbs chapter number 19 and verse number 9. You know, you spend some time in the book of Proverbs, and you'll find some interesting things. It'll clarify some things for you. Proverbs chapter number 19 and verse number 9. A false witness shall not be unpunished, and he that speaketh lies shall perish. A um, person who speaks lies, what's God say? They're going to perish. 
hey, these people that are constantly lying on the news, and I don't care, care what side of the politician, you know, Republican, Democrat, whatever, if they're lying, can I tell you something? God says they're not going to go unpunished. They're not. Well, it looks like they get away with everything. Well, let me just tell you, based upon the truth of God's word, they're not going to go unpunished. God will deal with them. God will mock them when their fear comes. Look at Proverbs chapter 1. Oh, this is an important one. If you haven't marked this in your Bible, this is one to, to mark down. When God speaks and God tells you to do something, gives you instruction, and he tells you this is the way you ought to go, and you say, well, you know what, I'm not going to, I know what God says over here, but I'm going to go a different way. I'm going to live by my own counsels. I'm going to live by my own direction. I don't care what God says. You ought to note Proverbs chapter 1, beginning with verse number 20. Notice what it says. Wisdom, talking about God's wisdom, crieth without. She uttereth her voice in the streets. She crieth in the chief place of the concourse and the openings of the gates in the city. Uh, she uttereth her word, saying, How long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity? And the scorner, that person, a, a scorner is a person who scoffs at, mocks, uh, speaks arrogantly against the things of God. Delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Turn you at my reproof. God says, his wisdom is saying, turn. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. You know what? Those that are hungering and thirsting after righteousness, God is calling us to, to walk that way. But notice the next verse. Because I have called. God's wisdom. God has called, and ye have refused. I have stretched out my hand, and no man regarded. They didn't listen. But ye have said it not all my counsels, and would none of my, uh, uh, my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation and destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish cometh upon you, then shall they call upon me, but I will not, what? Answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. Why? Why won't God answer their prayer? Well, he tells you the very next verse. For that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, they would none of my counsel. They didn't listen to God's counsel. They despised all my reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. I think God's pretty straightforward here. When we won't listen to God, we won't listen and we will not do what God says, then when, you're, when your house falls all apart and you cry out to God, God's not going to answer you. He's going to let you go through the chastening because you would not listen to what he said. God says, hey, you know what? How you walk and how you live before others and with others, hey, that's how I'm going to deal with you. I don't know about you, as you look at those two things, do you, do you want God to deal with you as an upright man or as an, or a person who is not upright? I don't know about you, I want to walk as an upright person so I have the blessing of God. Notice the third thing that we see back there in the psalm. Go back to that portion. And uh, notice, as we look back at that portion back in Psalm chapter, number 20, or chapter 18, 
Psalm 18 and verse number, uh, verse number 26. Psalm 18 and verse number 26. He says, With the pure wilt thou show thyself pure. With the pure thou wilt show thyself pure. So what does it mean? Well, the word pure means to show, um, show oneself pure, just, or kind. It's kind of like that other idea of mercy we're talking about. This person strives for purity in their life, in their thoughts, in their motives. Well, I want to have a thought life that's right. So, Boy, isn't that challenging in the day in which we live? Well, you're bombarded on every hand with all sorts of thoughts, but we can work and diligently seek to have a pure thought life. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, whatsoever things are true and honest and just and pure and lovely and of a good report, if there be any virtue, there be any praise, think on these things. This person strives for that purity in life, purity in thought. They realize that they are bought with a price and that as such they seek to be a vessel through which the Lord can use. The person who strives for purity of their life will find God's word a joy. You say, well, Pastor, what do you, what do you mean? Well, look at Psalm chapter number 19. Psalm chapter 19 and verse number 8. He says, the statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is what? Pure, enlightening the eye. The person who has a pure heart and is, is wanting to have the right type of thoughts in their mind, they're going to find the words of God. They're going to enlighten my eyes so I can understand. I'm going to have, I'm going to have the right attitude. There's going to be joy in my life. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. I look at the word of God and say, man, God, you're right, I'm wrong. If there's ever a time when, when my life is going contrary to the Lord, can I tell you something? You can mark it down every time. He's right and you're wrong. Well, I think but. No, you don't think but. You or he is right. He can never make a mistake. And you're wrong. The problem in our, in our world today is we want to be able to give our two cents. Young people sometimes want to give their two cents on everything. But, the parents tell them, the but, and the, kids, the kids are, but, no, 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 just stop the but, don't need to have your two cents on everything, you just need to zip the lip, and we need to realize what mom and dad says, we're to, we're to obey, when God speaks, we're to obey with the right heart attitude, we will have, we will find God's word, when we, we have a life that we're seeking to be pure in our thoughts and our life, we will find God's word a joy. We will also do the right thing. Look at Proverbs chapter 21 and verse 8. Proverbs chapter 21 and verse 8. We're going to want to do the right thing. The way of man is forward. That word forward means perverse and strange. But as for the pure... His work is what? Right. The person who wants to have pure thoughts and a pure direction, can I tell you something? Because you have pure thoughts and pure direction, the only way you can have that is by spending time in God's word and know what's right and what's pure and think on the things that God tells us to think on, then we are going to have right ways. 
When you and I, when we, when we are filling our life with the wrong ways and the wrong things, can I tell you what's going to happen? What goes in is going to come out. So as you live out your life by what you put into your life, it's going to affect the actions of your life. We'll do the right thing, though, if we have pure mind, pure thoughts. Not only that, but we'll see God. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I don't know about you, I want to see God one day. I want to see God one day. He says, well, let me tell you something, the pure in heart. Pure in heart, those that want to have their life clean before him. You're going to see God. He's promised it. You can bank on it. You know, so many people, they fill their mind with all sorts of junk and garbage. And when you talk about the Lord coming back, well, you know, wait a minute. You know, I might, I'm, I might have filled my mind with all this junk. I better get that straight before I go to meet the Lord. Same thing with many times when people are getting near to death. They've lived their life and they've done all sorts of things. I was talking to somebody the other day and they were talking about their life and their life was full of, of evil, wicked, vile stuff. And what's eating them alive now is all those thoughts of all those things they've done. Can God really forgive me? Yes, he can. If we'll confess our sin, if we'll come to him and ask him to be our savior, he can set things straight. But I submit to you that when you have, when you have a pure heart, pure life, you don't have to worry about those things. We're instructed in the Bible to, to live a pure life. We are to, to have a pure heart. 2 Timothy 2.22 Flee also youthful, youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. We're to have a pure heart. We're also to have a pure conscience. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 9. A pure conscience. Well, you say, what's that? Well, our conscience is the things that we do and our mind tells us it's, the, it's right. First, First Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 9. Holding the mystery of faith in a pure conscience. He's talking here about deacons. The mystery, the truth of God's word. Uh, in verse number 9. Holding the mystery of, of the faith in a pure conscience. Living the right life that God wants us to live. Accordance to the God's word. And we know that, that our life is in accordance with what God says. I don't have to fret that people are going to look at me and realize that all of this that I've been telling over here, I really have been doing something totally different over here. That's what he's talking about. We are to have a pure thought life, as we said, Philippians 4.8. Whatsoever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, of a good report, there be any virtue, there be any praise, think on these things. So if we want God to deal with us as a pure person, with a pure, he will deal with you in that pure way. What, do we want the Lord to deal with us in purity and in righteousness and holiness? Or do we want him to deal with us as a corrupt person. He will chasten those whom he loves. Notice the last thing, and this kind of alludes to that same point I just made. With the forward, God will show himself forward. Verse number 26. 
of Psalm chapter 18. Psalm 18, verse number 26. With a forward, he will show himself forward. And it's not forward, it's forward. There's a difference. You say, well, pastor, what is, what is forward? Well, the word forward means twisted, distorted, crooked. Um, it deals with a person who's perverted. You know, we have a lot of perverted situations today. Can I tell you something? Transgender is perverted. Homosexuality is perverted. As perversion. You say, well, how do you know? Because the Bible tells it. It's an abomination to God. It's a perversion. Barnes in his, in his commentary says this, the word used here means properly a perverse, a man who is wicked, with a wicked mind. It is de derived from a verb which means to turn the wrong way to, uh, to rest or pervert. It would be applicable to a man who perverts or rests the words of others from their true meaning. So in other words, when, you, when a person says this, they take and they twist what a person says. That's perversion. Who is deceitful in his conduct, who is not straightforward in his dealings, who taketh advantage of circumstances to impose on others and to promote his own ends, who is sour, harsh, crabbed, unaccommodating, unyielding, unkind. That's this idea of a forward person. You want God to deal with you as a person who is forward? You're a crabby old person. You're an unkind person. You take what people say and you twist and you pervert what they say. Then God says, okay, if that's how you want to deal, if that's how you're going to deal with others, let me just tell you something. I'm going to deal with you on that, on that same level. You know, I found what happens quite often when we're that way, what God does is he brings somebody else who's crabby and mean and nasty, just like you are, and allows you to go under that same condition to teach us a lesson. And we come back and we say, that's not fair, they're treating me unkind. God's trying to say, well, wait a minute, it is fair because how are you treating other people? And Adam Clark, in his commentary, said that word forward it says, if he, the forward man, can uh, contend with God, uh, will con if you, uh, excuse me, if the forward man contend, thou, God, will contend with him. Thou wilt follow him through all his windings and will trace him through all his crooked ways, untwist him uh, in all his cunning wiles and defeat all his schemes of stubbornness, fraud, outreaching, and deceit. God's just going to follow you around. He's going to expose all that stuff that you're doing. Can I tell you something? As I've said, we see in this political arena, and we say, well, these people just never get caught. Well, let me tell you something. God says with a forward, he's going to follow them around, and all that stuff is going to come to the surface. He's going to reward them. Bad company. Illustration. Have you ever heard anyone say, birds of a feather flock together? You say, well, where did this, that term come from? Well, um, one spring, a great many crows had been attacking this farmer's field. 
And he began to pluck up the nice young corn as, they, as it would come on the stalk. The, the crows would just get there and eat it. And so the farmer decided he was going to take care of this problem. And he loaded his shotgun and he went out and he shot the crows. And the farmer, after he fired at the crows, he heard out the field to see how many of me he had hit. And to his surprise, he found that beside killing the crows, he had wounded Polly, his favorite parrot. You can imagine when the kids came home and they found out that the parrot had been shot by their father. And the kids came out and said, Daddy, oh, Daddy, how in the world could you have shot old Polly? Oh, Polly, how, how, how could you do that? And before the farmer could explain, Polly began to say, bad company, bad company. <laughs> what had happened, Polly, who had been inside, out of her cage, got outside, the door had opened, and Polly went out and started hanging around with those other birds, and Polly got shot. I tell you something, that, that's a good principle. It's a principle for us to understand the company, the friends that you hang with. You will become like those people. And many times, people will, will endure problems and trials because of the people that they're hanging with. They may not have done it, but they're with the people that are doing wrong. So it's better to hang out with the right type of people. Let me ask you tonight as we conclude, how do you want the Lord to deal with you? How do you want God to deal with you? Do you want him to be merciful to you? Then you need to be merciful to other people. Do you want God, do you want God to deal with you as with an upright man? Then you need to live uprightly. Do you want God to deal with you as, a, as with a pure man? Then live a pure life. Or do you want God to deal with you as a forward, a perverse, a twisted person? The way of a transgressor is hard. If you want God to deal with you as a perverted person, then you just keep living wickedly. And God says he's promised in that portion that he will deal with you that way. I don't know about you tonight, I, I pray that we would learn from God's word. You, we can learn what to avoid, and we can learn how to live if we'll just follow God's word. Let's pray. Father, tonight we thank you for your word and how it teaches us and, instruct us and instructs us. Lord, tonight I pray that we would examine our own life and see if there's if we're walking as an upright person, if we're walking in pure thoughts, or are there some things that we've been allowing into our mind and our life that we need to put out of our life so that we can expect you to, to deal with us as with a pure person. Father, if tonight if we're living as a forward person, a person who's twisted and perverted, I pray God, that you tonight would speak to our hearts and help us to realize we need to turn around and get our life in right one accord with you. Lord, you want us to walk in, in holiness and true righteousness. 
We want, you want us to have fellowship with you, but you're not going to walk in darkness. You're going to walk always in the light. So tonight I pray, Father, as you speak to our hearts, I pray you would guide us and lead us and show us where we really are tonight. And Lord, if there's things that need to be brought out and corrected, dealt with, Lord, I pray that your spirit would speak to us and we'd deal with it tonight. Lord, if there's one without Jesus tonight, I pray that they would open their heart to him and receive him as their Savior. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving us and, and loving the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Lord, may you have your way in our life tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling for you and for me. Page number 280. If the Lord's calling you tonight in an area of your, maybe it's your thought life, maybe you're not too merciful, maybe God's speaking to you about something else tonight. If God's drawing you to get those things right tonight, don't tell him no.